We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Last night, I was at a uh, meeting with our Total Rock team who do, do a fantastic job. So if you're not aware, there's a couple of groups that uh, meet during the week um, here uh, in the foyer. Uh, one is our seniors group that reaches out to um, seniors around the St. Martin's community. So we have different people, mostly unchurched people, who come in and we just catch up with and um, put on a morning tea for them and uh, just build relationships and bless our community of St. Martins. And then we do the same for young parents who can bring their toddlers in um, to toddle, toddle work, no, sorry, Toddle Rock on a Wednesday morning. And uh, we've just got a great team of people who are building relationships again with our community and uh, really cool things happening there. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your hearts, for uh, the lost people around our suburb and around our city and reaching out to them. Uh, as we've been singing about, that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, I just wanted to honour this church family, that uh, I know your heart, and I know your heart is to bless those around you. I know your heart is to share the life that you have with those around you. And as you're doing that, it's making a difference. So let's, let's keep going. Uh, one of the things we've been reflecting on in this series is the power of the gospel and how we all need God, right? We need God. Uh, we've got to turn the microphone off. Thank you, Josiah. Ah, that's why it's echoing back to me and things like that. That's, that's good. Thank you. Um, we need God. Is that true? Not only do we need God, everyone around us needs God. Now, we may not think that we need God, but we, we really, really do. We as humanity chose to separate ourselves from God. We chose to go our own way. It's kind of human nature, isn't it? We just like to do our own thing. It's kind of our default mode, look after number one, right? So we do that. It's just kind of seems to be the way we are. We just look after ourselves. And God just doesn't seem to feature into our thinking. And yet he is there. He's the one who loves us. And but because we've separated ourselves from him, we're destined for hell rather than heaven. And yet heaven is what he created us for. Heaven is the goal that he wants us to work towards. It's coming back into that right relationship with God. And there's a quote that's going to go up on the screen. It's, screen. it's from Tim Keller. A really good author, if you uh, haven't read much of Tim. He's got a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff out there on YouTube as well. And he says this, the Christian gospel is not that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I am, all, oh sorry, that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I'm also so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. Do you get what Tim Keller is saying there is that there's this juxtaposition here that, that you know, we, we are so flawed that God could have just gone, oh, mate, I, you know, why do I bother with humanity? But he also loves us so much and values us so much that he was prepared to die for us. And that's the gospel. That's the gospel in a nutshell today. If you're here today and you don't know that truth, 
it's great for you to hear this. One of the most important truths that you can ever know is that, yes, you've messed up and you are far away from God, but God in his love is reaching out to you. God in his love cared enough for you to die for you, to make a way for you to come back to him. And that's the message of the Christian church. That's the message that we are sharing with those who are willing to listen. That's the message and the theme of the series that we have been looking at, that it's a message of high importance which we need to confidently and competently take to the world around us. And how do we do that? So let me just remind you where we've been over the last few weeks. So a number of weeks ago now, four weeks ago now, um, Fraser looked at the, the fact that we need to know how to start someone on that journey of faith. If, if they're asking questions and go, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Are you prepared and able to answer that question and help them start on that journey of faith? They're understanding that, you know, God is God, they are not, and there is a need for repentance and a need to believe in Christ and all that he's done for you and to start on that journey that he has for you. Then we looked at being prepared to have many and varied conversations about Christ and spiritual things. And that can look um, very different in different contexts, but it's having that courage and that willingness to just go a little bit deeper with someone and take them a little bit further along the journey. And then John T., uh, last week looked at how we need to look for those opportunities and the relationships that we have around our lives. So to summarize the last few weeks, we could look at it this way, make lots of connections with people. It's good to have lots of relationships around your life. It's good to have a lot of conversations within those contexts of those relationships. And then you'll discover that as you partner with God, you'll have this privilege of leading some of those people to Christ. Now, sure, not everyone's going to give their lives to Christ, but some will hear the message and respond positively. And as you do that, you'll discover this wonderful thing that this is a part of the reason God made you. One of the purposes of God for each of our lives is that we would be the bearer of his life to other people. And when you are a part of that process and you see someone start to go on the journey, you go, oh, this is fun. This is great. And, and, and you, you're motivated to do it even more. But we also accept, as we've acknowledged, uh, as we've gone through this series, as, as important as this message is, the gospel, the most important message that everyone needs to hear, and it's as important as that we know as Christians that we should be sharing our faith. Sometimes that's a little bit tricky. So today we're just finishing off of the series of going, how do you stay motivated? Like, how do you just keep going? How do you keep your focus on this? Because there are a whole lot of distractions in life, right? We all get distracted. We're just thinking about that. You know, not, let not the things of this world cloud you out, you know, like push, push God aside. There are, life's busy. Is life busy? 
Yeah, yeah, life's busy, right? Yeah, you know, I've got, there's some agreement out there. Is, is, I don't know if life's busy, or do we just try and put too much into it? I, I, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. But certainly uh, many of you have got families, many of you have got young kids, and it's a busy stage of life. You know, you're just running from one thing to another. So there's many distractions in life. And so sharing your faith with someone else, you go, oh, yeah, that's important. But where does that kind of fit into life? Where do you kind of have those conversations? So you know it's an important thing, but it's not necessarily the most urgent thing at that moment. There's a whole lot of other things going on. And then the other thing is I appreciate that you can also get discouraged. You're praying for someone to come to faith or you say you're in your workplace and you have that conversation that you haven't managed to have with someone before and um, then you go, oh, yeah, great, and you kind of launch into that conversation, and then they kind of push back and go, oh, you're not one of those Christians, are you? And you go, oh, yeah, okay, and then you're a bit discouraged and go, oh, man, this is hard work. And, and it is, it can be at times. It can be, but it's worth it because what we're talking about is the salvation of those around you. It's at the very center of God's heart. So how do we... How do we overcome that busyness? How do we overcome that discouragement and, and not let sharing our faith just sort of dissipate but stay motivated? Well, let's turn to Mark chapter 6. And here's an example where Jesus he had, a, had, a, had a rough day because just before this he had heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, had been killed. This is his good friend, his cousin, like he he was he was devastated. He was he was grieving. You know, he's going, Oh, John's just died. This is terrible. He just wanted to retreat with his disciples and um just have some either some alone time or just some time without the crowds around him. And this is the next passage. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going they did not even have a chance to eat. So he's hungry now on top of all of this. And so he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. In other words, they're going, okay, let's just cruise across to the other side of the lake and um, park up by a nice little bay, and we just have some time. And these other people see the boat, where the boat's going, and go, oh, I know where they're going. They're going to that little spot over there. Let's head around and, and catch them out. So many people who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, what did he do? He say, look, clear off. I'm having a bad day, you know. I, I, need, I need a break. No, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. A couple of things that we see in this passage is that Jesus' heart is full of compassion. It's it's full of love. And we are connected to a God who loves us. We receive his love. And it's very natural for us to love the world around us. Now, I know there's a whole lot of people in the world, a whole lot of things that happen in the world that you find hard to love. I get that. That's, that's appreciated. But the love of God is in you. 
And yes, I get that life is busy. And I, yes, I get that you'll get pushbacks from people. But if we hold this heart of love for the world around us, God will continue to open up opportunities. So we see this heart of love, this heart of compassion. But also Jesus sees the need. Jesus sees these people and he goes, well, even though I need a break, they also need my kingdom. They also need what God has for them. Now, where did Jesus draw the strength to continue to ministry, to do ministry, even when he's hungry, even when he's tired, even when he's grieving? Where does he draw that from? Well, let's have a look at John chapter 5, verse 19. It says this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. In other words, Jesus, myself, I can do nothing by myself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows himself all he does. So not only do we have a loving relationship with God. Not only do you have the opportunity every day to connect with God and consider the privilege of that. Consider the privilege that every day you can come into God's presence, just like you do here in church. You can worship him, you can pray, you can sense God's presence on your life. You can draw on that love that he has for you. And in that place, you can receive life to give to others. In that place, you'll not only receive his love, he will guide you as to who to connect with, what to do, because it's on his heart to do it. God is already at work in the world around you, and he's just going, hey, come and join with me in what I'm doing. Jesus has this close connection with his father that he knows his father's heart, and he knows what his father would do. And then he goes, well, I'll do that. And as he does that, as he partners with his father, that connects him with his life purpose. And it's exactly the same for us. As we spend time in God's presence, as we spend time in prayer, we connect with him, we receive his life, and it connects us with his purpose. And he guides us as to what we're to do. And Jesus tells his disciples and us to do the same thing, right? Uh, John 15 says this, Remain in me, or abide in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You're not going to produce anything that's worthy of God out there in the world around you without God being in you. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Do you want to bear much fruit? Do you want to be part of God's purposes and see God move through your life? Remain connected to the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I made this very bold statement. I said, if you're not praying, don't share your faith. And I've been pondering on that over the last couple of weeks. And I still hold to that because this is the principle that Jesus is teaching here is, hey, disciples, go out and share your life with others 
absolutely extend my kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons, lead people to faith in me, absolutely do all of those things. But do it from a place where you're connected with me, where you're connected to the vine. So that that is a life-giving exercise. So those are life-giving conversations. So here to answer that question that we started with, how do you stay motivated to share your faith? Spend time in God's presence. Pray. Prayer is the key. Prayer makes a massive difference to sharing your faith. And not just kind of like, oh yeah, okay, it's just a, another exercise that I've got to do. I've got to write down some names in a book and I'm going to, I'm going to pray those three. Yeah, well, that, that's good. But what I'm talking about here is a meaningful, heartfelt, relational connection with God. Where his life is infused into your life. Where you are sensing his presence. Where you know his voice. Where it's, it's meaningful and deep for you. So that when you're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's, it's actually what you mean. It's, it's become the vision for your life, not just something that you say. It's a life-giving time with God. And as you do that, trust me, I've seen it for myself, it dramatically changes how you relate to the world around you. It dramatically changes how you minister and the energy that you have to do that ministry that God's called you to do. Martin Luther put it, puts it this way, the less I pray, the harder it gets. The more I pray, the better it gets. I'll say that again. The less I pray, the harder it gets. The more I pray, the better it gets. You see, here the principle he's talking about here is you try and do God's stuff without prayer, without being in his presence, it gets really hard. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's really difficult. I've tried it. It doesn't work very well. But if you pray and then do, go out and do what he's called you to do in the power of his spirit, suddenly things become easy and you go, okay, this wasn't as hard as I thought. I I remember praying about this at at Bible college. We were um, encouraged to um, do these evangelism exercises. We did Bible in schools. We went out into the square and, and I, to be honest, I actually hated it. I, I, I actually, you know, when uh, Don and Ruth said, oh, you know, we've got to go and do this, I was like, oh, I used to run my eyes. Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday, we've got to do that again. And, and then I went, I, I hate that I hate this. I don't know if you've been there, you know, where you, you know you ought to do something for God or you know you should reconcile that relationship or you know you should share your faith with someone or take an opportunity to do something, but you actually don't want to do it. Um, you know you should do it, but you don't want to do it. So what do you do in those sort of situations? Well, it's not healthy to just keep pushing through, okay? Be honest before God. And okay, this is what I did. And I just went, God, I'm not enjoying this. I, I want to enjoy this, but I'm not enjoying this. So change my heart. And guess what? God answers prayers like that. And he did. And I actually came to the point where I actually enjoyed doing those evangelism and those outreach things. I realized that prayer makes the difference. As C.S. Lewis says, you know, prayer, I don't know if my prayers change God, but they certainly change me. It's not God's not the one that needs changing, it's us. It's our heart that needs changing. 
And so that, that's why prayer is so vital in this um, sharing of our faith with others. Because because prayer connects us with God's heart. And that's kind of the, the first point, and it's in your notes there, that um, as we pray, we're connected with God's heart. As we saw in those um, passages before, Jesus had compassion on those that met him on that shoreline because he had been in God's presence and he brought that love and that compassion that God had for him to those around him. If you're, if you're lacking passion to see people's, change, people's lives changed around you, pray, and God will give you that passion. Trust me, he really will. And, and it, it will be a, a general sense and a general love for people, but he'll also give quite specific um, heart and thought to you to reach out to certain groups of people. Over the last few years, I've been really praying into um, those with mental illness in our communities. It, it, just, it just breaks my heart more and more that there's this epidemic in our nation of um, huge mental illness amongst lots of people that is just stifling their lives. And I go, God, there has to be a breakthrough here. I know this isn't your best for them. And I, God, give us the insights, whether that's in the, in the secular world or in the church, give us some insights as to how to help these people break through those barriers and, and become healthy in their minds again. And so, but that's just me. I'm not saying that's how God will lead you, but um, as you pray, God will put people on your heart. He'll put um, needs in your heart because God loves the world around you. God loves the people around you. So the first thing that God will change is your passion. Here's the second thing that will change. He'll change your perspective. Uh, I, will, I live in Prebleton, and uh, most mornings I go for a walk around Prebleton, which is pretty cold at this time of year, but so you, you just put a, a decent jacket on, keep your hands in your pockets, and um, walk around in the dark. But um, you know, I'm walking around Prebleton, and I'm praying, and I'm connecting with God, and I'm enjoying that, but I don't just pray for myself. I'm looking at the, the people that are getting up and having breakfast and going to work and thinking, God bless these people. You see, you know, we might see houses and cars and shops and things like that and, and people and we might have judgments on people or whoever they, whatever they're doing and whatever, but at the end of the day what God sees is lost people that need him. When you think of your suburb, if you, as you think of your street, as you think about the city of Christchurch, what do you think God's perspective of it is? What God sees is people and people who desperately need his life. And he sees their hearts. And your perspective will change as you pray. As you pray and as you interact with the world around you and you might be walking through Rickerton Mall or or Cashel Street, or something somewhere like that, and your heart won't be just, oh, kind of, there's the hustle and bustle, but hey, here are people that need Christ. And when you live with that perspective, it changes how you relate to the world around you. Here's the third one. Is prayer helps you define your purpose. 
and see how you're partnering with Christ and how he's extending the kingdom around you. In Luke 19.10, John T. referred to this last week, uh, but in that passage, Jesus says to his disciples that his purpose was to seek and save that which was lost. And in the context here, it's the story of how he encounters Zacchaeus. Now, it's quite fascinating, that whole story, because when Zacchaeus kind of is sitting in the street, the tree and, and watching what's going on, Jesus walks by and he goes, Ah, Zach, coming to your house today, having lunch. Now, how did Jesus know that? How, how did that kind of work out? Well, Jesus knew that because he was praying with his father and his father revealed that to him. And you'll discover that in this journey of um, having a passion for those around you, of seeing them through God's eyes, having a fresh perspective, that God will open up opportunities to share your life and share um, maybe a meal with them and see them start to go on that journey of faith. And it's fun. You'll see some really cool stuff happen. You'll have some really cool conversations. And you'll go, oh, this is why God's got me in this workplace or in this school or in this family environment or wherever it is. Prayer, it all starts in prayer. Prayer will also connect you with God's power. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and the ends of the earth. Notice that there's a pattern here. That the church, first of all, had to encounter God's presence, had to receive God's power, had to receive his Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray into this in a few minutes. See, they felt powerless to do what God had called them to do. And you may be here today and you're going, I just don't feel, I know this, this is all good, but I just don't feel the want to, the desire, the power the ability to do what God's called me to do. Well, it comes through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is poured out in our lives when we spend time in his presence. Be assured of this. If we're willing to go, he's willing to empower us to go. God will not leave us powerless. He will empower us. So how do we stay motivated? We pray. And as you spend time in prayer, let God's passion become your passion. Let let him fill your heart with his perspective and purpose and power. You notice all these P words, that was very clever how he did that. See, I I didn't stick with Fraser and John T's kind of theme of doing three. I had to go to four, but you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Here's the point. God will change you and he will change the world around you. But it, is, it all starts and it all, it's all sustained in prayer. And even if you're here today and you're going, yeah, I'm not quite there yet, Warren. I'd like to be there. I'd like to live this life where I'm motivated and sharing my faith often and got that kind of perspective. That's okay. Just bring that before God and let him reveal your heart. And as you're honest before God, he'll shape your heart and shape your motivations. It it won't happen just like overnight, but as you continue to spend time in prayer, it will reveal your motivations and it will shape your motivation. 
As you admit to God where you're at, he'll take you from where you're at and take you towards where he's called you to be. Now, there's some practical suggestions that we can, I can give you around that. I think um, practical things to pray for is to pray for opportunities. Um, it's amazing how many opportunities will open up when you start praying. Yeah, trust me, it happens. Pray for specific people that God puts on your heart, that you go, oh, I'd love to see these people come to faith. And, and whether it's you have the opportunity to share faith with them or someone else has an opportunity to share their faith with them. You just want to see them become closer to God. And pray that God gives you the passion and the wisdom to share your faith with others. So those are practical things to do, but don't do those things outside of that close connection and relationship that God has with you. God really, really loves you. And he wants that love that you can carry to be expressed through your life to the world around you. Now, the right, of the, right at the beginning of this message, I talked about how we all need God. And you might be here today and you're going, well, this is all good that you're sharing your faith, but I don't even have a faith. I don't even know if I trust in God. Can I just take a couple of minutes now and just lay it out really clearly for you, the decision that God has presented to you? It is this, Jesus, or God, is the one who created you. You have a creator. You're not an accident. You didn't just arrive on the planet um, by accident. God intended you to be here. He has a purpose for your life. And that purpose, part of that purpose is to reconnect with him, to be in right relationship with the one who created you. And how is that possible? It's possible because Jesus came. Jesus came from God and became one of us to help humanity reconnect with God. And how you do that is you turn from living your way, which is a sinful way, to be honest. You know, it's just doing our own thing. But it's, it's repenting of living our lives our way and the wrong things that we've done, and bringing that to Christ and saying, God, forgive me of all of this, and let me live for you. It's as simple as that. It's that heart change in us, where we meaningfully come before God and say, God, I need you. I didn't think I needed you, but I need you. And then that willingness to go on the journey to continue to live for him for the rest of your life. And that is a decision, that is a prayer that you can make today. You don't need to wait. Why would you wait? If, you, if you've got some questions around that and there are some hesitations and you, you want to work that through a bit more, come and chat to, to me or John T or someone else here because we'd love to have that conversation with you and help you um, overcome some of the barriers that you have around that. But if you're here today and you're going, yeah, that's a decision that I need to make. I need to give my life to Christ. We'll give you an opportunity to do that very soon. And I pray that as you're considering that, that God is working on your heart right now. If you're here today and you know that truth already, you have a relationship with God, then God's calling you to share your faith with others. Right? 
Is that true? And I pray that you stay motivated in sharing that faith. As I shared before, as many of you do, and I know you do, let prayer underpin all of that so that you're connecting with God's heart, that his passion is becoming your passion, that you know his power, that you get to do really fun, cool stuff in his kingdom. And it's such an exciting way to live. And maybe you're here today and you're still holding back on that a little bit and you're just going, God, I want to say yes. I want to stay motivated. Come by your spirit and empower me to do all that you've called to do. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.